Welcome to the Road to Black Podcasts, brought to you by the BJJ Physio. The BJJ Physio helps optimize the training of jiu-jitsu athletes so they can dominate their next performance. How do they do this? They provide strength and conditioning, physical therapy, and heart rate-based conditioning through a completely remote and online management system. Meaning you can be anywhere in the world and take your BJJ performance to the next level. Contact Dr. Wesley Reed at info at thebjjphysio.online or follow him at the BJJ Physio on Instagram to find out more. Also brought to you by Roll Union Jiu-Jitsu. Visit rollunion.com and follow Roll Union on Instagram to shop the latest jiu-jitsu styles. Roll Union brings you the best fitting gis on the market, the most comfortable rash guards, and premium soft jiu-jitsu tees. Next time you're in the market for some new gear, check out RollUnion.com for the stylish and the savage. Lastly, we're brought to you by DownToRoll.com. DownToRoll.com was born out of the need for an innovative way to find BJJ training partners during the COVID-19 crisis. With gyms being shut down for many across the globe, you can register at DownToRoll.com and find small group training partners in your area. You can message partners directly from the map and interact with other like-minded players on the Down to Roll exclusive network. Go to downtoroll.com and start training again now. Thanks for supporting our sponsors, and we hope you enjoy this episode of the Road to Black podcast. What's up, man? How are you, Good bud? to see you. Good to see you. Another week in the books. Yeah, another week in the book, starting off another week. The snow Great clear guns. out over there? Yeah, it's nice. It's melting off finally. Yeah. Rough go. Uh, yeah, rough go. I was telling <laughs> you before we jumped on the podcast, we put these gutters on our house in the fall and all that snow, man, it kind of screwed one of them up. And that's been uh, trying to get that thing fixed and get it get it operational. So It's a lot of weight. You said it was yeah, heavy snow too. It so. was super heavy, like really moist snow. So, um, yeah, it was pretty. Yeah, I'm 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 glad it's warming up. It's finally warming yeah. up around here, and it's uh, I was able to get out, get out of the house this last weekend and uh, enjoy the nice. outside a little bit. So, been pretty nice. So you'll want to hear that it was like the absolute no, perfect, I perfect dude, weather I don't today hear that. here. <laughs> It's funny on my Instagram, I'm in everybody's, I see people's stories and it's like people beautiful day. On, yeah. Beautiful day. People by the pool with like their 80 degree temperature yeah, it's perfect. stuff, you know, this it's is like, that, this is that sweet spot of the year in Arizona. Yeah. You, know, you get three weeks, three or four weeks tops right now. This is the time yeah. where, you know, it's basically, it's usually like spring training time here, you know, the month of March and maybe the week or two into April, but then it's, yeah. you know, it starts getting hot. Yeah, you know. usually in April you get you get oh, your yeah. first taste of ninety down there. So I I remember my daughter she, her her birthday's in early April, and I just remember when she was young we had a we had an outdoor party at one of these parks, you know, and the had the like the gazebo and stuff, and we had a bounce house. It was blazing. It's like April <laughs> April seventh. I'll never forget the cricket. It was like a fiasco of a party too because it just was un you know unnormal not normal to be that hot that early and it was just one of those years this is years ago but i'll just always remember it's like that always taught me a lesson it's like april's never safe it can yeah. get really really hot in april here 
when I was gardening, so, when I had a big garden back there. I, so for the listeners, I have, I'm, I like to garden and stuff. I had a big, massive garden and all kinds of stuff in my backyard. And, uh, usually right around now is when I was starting to throw my shade cloth over the top of everything. Cause it was yeah. heating up and the sun starts moving. And, um, so yeah. Yep. But that's about it. When, How's training? Good. Good. It's, uh, as I was mentioning to you before, it was going good until my knees started getting pretty sore. Um, last week. So I, last week I went pretty, pretty light, really light. I mean, I only trained one day with uh jujitsu just cause I wanted to, I had to stay off the mats cause I was like, like I mentioned last week, I'm feeling really good on the mats, but I think it's a topic we'll talk about today, but it's like, we, we, we kind of mentioned it load management last week and, and, you know, setting, you know, finding your relationship with jujitsu. A lot of that means how much can you go? How much can your body afford to go? You know, it's very person dependent. If you missed the episode last week, we talked a lot, you know, a little bit about that, but for me to answer a question, it's, it's hard because you get on these roles and I'm, I'm only speaking in my own, you know, if you have, if you're injured, you're sore, you know, injuries and soreness, that's a different they're totally mm-hmm. different things, right? I had an injury earlier, you know, last summer, dealt with that, came back, been trained in the last several months since the end of September, ramping it up last couple months, feeling really great. Last couple weeks, training even more. And like my knees like started to get sore. And it's like, is that from overuse? You know, I talked a little bit about to to you about it offline, but so that this last week, I just kind of backed off a little bit, just knowing, my, you know, listen to my body. Um, and when I say back off, I didn't go to jujitsu as much, but I still did some strength training. I kind of work around. I always like to work around the injuries. I just, I'm not the type of person that takes weeks off of doing anything. I just can't. I, ha- I am firmly against trying to build the momentum back up. Mm-hmm. Like I hate when I get injured and I have to build it back up. Or if I'm out of the gym or something, whether it's gym or jujitsu, you know, when you're in jujitsu, you get that flow going, it's consistency. You start feeling, you know, we've probably all experienced it. If you've had to take a few weeks off the mat, it's different going back in to jujitsu, you know? Yeah. It's not to say you lo- lose all your skills, but that comfortability, you know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's consistency. So it's, you know, if you're training every day and you're able to do that, that's why you're going to get better faster. Cause you're yeah. feeling it, you're feeling it, you're doing it every day, you know, yep. you're going through those motions. So whether it's strength training, same thing for me with strength training, it's like, I mean, especially in my, in your forties and my forties now it's, uh, you really have to hang on to those gains. If that's one way I can, I can ex- explain it, you know, um, you over time, you know, it's harder to keep muscle mass on when you're getting, when you're aging. But especially if you're taking time off or even, even for me, if, if I, if I don't hit and and don't get me wrong, everyone's strength training is different. I'm not in there just Mm -hmm. going crazy. Right. I just, I do a lot of isolation exercises, a lot of kind of grappling related stuff that I feel it helps my game strong, but I, I'm not the type that goes in and does like Olympic lifts and all this crazy stuff. There's no, I just don't even do it. I don't really even deadlift or do things like that. Anything that puts a lot of weight on my knees or back. 
I've just stay away from. Mm-hmm. I haven't my I've done been doing this since I was 16, 17, the way I do it. And I, it's worked for me. I'm pretty strong and have been really healthy in terms of strength training. Um, but that being said, like if I get an injury, whether it's, you know, if it's my elbow and my tendonitis is flared up from jujitsu, um, if I go into the gym, I'm going to work my legs. I'm going to, you know, do something else, work around the injury. You know, I know plenty of people, they get injured and it's like, up, oh, I'm done. I'm off limits yeah. now. I can't do anything. It's, it's, that's like a mentality you have to like get around yeah. and, and learn. You have to get rid of that mentality if you have it and you're training jujitsu. Because in my experience, doesn't matter your age, you're going to go through some some inj- some some lighter injuries and but a lot of like soreness and beat up bodies. Yeah, you know. Yeah, especially this, in the very beginning. Yeah, man. exactly. And you, but you could be a blue belt. You could be a 21 year old blue belt that feels great all the time, and your foot, your toe can get smashed, mm-hmm. or you get turf toe, or you can get a, a hurt finger. It do, you know, it just takes like yeah. a freak accident, and that's going to either, you know, you're going to have to decide if you want to stop doing the training completely or are you going to do something else maybe you can't grapple are you going to go to the gym then get your cardio down you can ride a bike if you it's your finger you're fine get on the airdyne you, you know that's the philosophy i've developed over time and i think that's what we're probably touch on today is like and i know people that do the same thing they're mixing it up they're doing strength they're doing jujitsu it's finding that balance your own balance with this is what's key, you know, because like I said, I've had to lessen the jujitsu in the last week. I did train today. Um, so I'm feeling good again, but you know, my leg's still sore, but I'm not going to, I don't, I just don't want to not train. Right. So, yeah. um, you just, I'm trying to train around it, be smart about the training while it kind of heals itself up. But Man, I know you experience this with your business and people asking you the same type of things. I'm always looking for suggestions and answers. For me, I just balance it out as much as I can. I, but I am the type that I like to stay mom- get the momentum, kept, keep it going. That means if I'm not doing jujitsu, I'm going to the gym. I'm doing something. I got to keep active. It's, yeah. it's just also for my mental health. That's the way I operate. Yeah. Man, I, I hear this a ton. And I see it a ton on some of the groups and the forums that I'm a part of. In in fact, today, um, I was telling you a little bit before, also on the podcast, um, when we were talking about this topic, that um, I saw a lot of these questions for strength and conditioning, how much to do, how much to do this, how much to do that. And on, on a particular forum that I go to regularly, and I actually today I'm in a big content creation block and I went through and I screen captured like all these different questions um, because it, it just comes up over and over. And I don't, I actually don't think, I don't think that I can put out enough content to answer this question um, because there's so many people that are grappling and so many people who, who are going to have this question. Yeah. And if they are, I can answer it for a hundred people, 500 people, 5,000 people. There's going to be another batch of people come in who have the exact same question. Um, And it's a great question. It's unique to everyone too. And it is, it's unique to everybody. So I'll say that when I start looking at, I'll kind of define the term load management. It is just how much your body can handle. Um, when I go down this rabbit hole with people, 
I have to, I have to, I always start it by saying stress is stress. Uh, your body doesn't, your body goes through a stress, the stress process, whether it's from work stress, whether it's from being on the mats, jujitsu stress, whether it's your strength and conditioning, that's stress. Um, but the signaling pathways are the same. So if you think about that, when, when for us that are business owners or just living our daily lives, our nine to five jobs, our family life, that stuff carries over onto the jujitsu mats on how much our body can handle. Your body can only handle so much stress mm -hmm. and then it's, and then it can't anymore. You go into like what's called an overtraining continuum where there's a hormonal response and then that hormonal response can get out of hand. And then that becomes like what's called an overtraining continuum where it's just like this cycle of, um, cortisol and all these stress hormones right. that get produced and all this other stuff. So, um, that's kind of the preface of how much can your body handle. And really it depends on, um, how much you train in jujitsu and what does your outside life look like? Um, I go through this with, with people because a lot of times, like I get, I wish it weren't the case, but most of the times when I get somebody that wants to work together with, with me, um, as whether it's strength and conditioning or rehab, it's after the fact there are, they're already either in an overtraining continuum. They already have an right. injury. It's like, we have to kind of reverse engineer this whole thing and then start them off on the right track. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's difficult. So to kind of go through what, how I classify different types of grapplers, um, I break everything down into there's three types of grapplers. There's a recreational athlete and to kind of classify that what a recreational athlete is, is, um, somebody that probably trains three or four days a week. They have a nine to five job. They have a family. Um, they compete a couple times a year, you know, mm -hmm. but the competitions, they're not, not their, their main focus. Their main focus is to learn, learn a martial art, um, stay healthy, stay, um, on the mats and just kind of focus on doing jujitsu. Um, so it's, that's what I classify as a recreational athlete. Um, the next category that I go through is an amateur athlete. They have all the off the mat attributes as a recreational athlete. They have a nine to five, they have the family, um, all that type of stuff. They're training probably five or six days a week and they compete probably more than a handful of times a year. And then they also, there's also another kind of, I don't want to call them a subcategory, but there's also a different element to the amateur athlete. There's actually a section of this group that want to take their, their performance and their game to the next level and go more towards the, um, more the professional route where they're maybe doing some of the like pro circuit type stuff. Right. Very serious competitor. Very serious competitor. Um, and then you obviously have the professional athletes. Jiu-jitsu is their job. They are doing, they're teaching jiu-jitsu. They're training jiu-jitsu all the time. They get paid by jiu-jitsu or mm -hmm. MMA or whatever by a gym. And then they're layering on strength and conditioning on the top of that. 
So those are the three types of categories and everyone has a different different needs as far as how much mobility, how much strength and conditioning and off the mat work they should be doing. So that's that's the beginning for the listeners. Yeah. That's everything is different for yeah. for where you're at. And obviously those categories aren't static either, especially between the amateur and the recreational athlete. Um, those can, those can change too. So yeah, that's, that's how I, that's how I break things up initially on, yeah. on how to, uh, well, that's the first step. Something you got to think about is where do you fall in and what, yeah, what your goals and your priorities are with training, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a hard conversation for all that's, that's that is a conversation that's really difficult to have a lot of times with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, just based on not even so much as an ego issue, but, um, maybe I want to train like that next level up. Yeah. And I can't for one and reason or another, yeah. for one reason or another. And there's, that's, you know, you, we've talked about this on the podcast a lot. That's okay. It's, it's okay. But the, the big thing is to having that serious conversation with yourself because that's going to, how you're going to stay on the mats and stay healthy right? all together, you know, and how you're going to stay in one piece in this sport because, mm-hmm. um, it's tough. It's a, it's a rough sport. Yeah. I think it's like anything in life too. It's, uh, you have to kind of do that study of yourself, study of what your goals are, what you want to do in, in, where you want to fit in with jujitsu. Right. And like you said, it's not static, especially when you're growing, you know, when you first get into it, you might not know anything about it the first six months, but very quickly, or maybe within a year or two, you're developing, um, a need and a want and a, and a desire to get out there and compete, let's say. Mm -hmm. So maybe you're moving from a recreational up into an amateur or in your mind, you'd like to be, you, like you said, you'd like to train more. So it's, you know, I approach this in a lot of things in life, whether it's business or any big decision. And I think that's a decision that you, you can consider big is what your path is going to be for jujitsu. If you're falling in, you know, you're falling in love with the sport and you want to continue doing this, you have to be smart about it. Right. Mm-hmm. We've, we know, we know people that maybe dip their toes in or they're for whatever reason, they're not as consistent. They don't mind. They're not thinking about these things. That's not really who this discussion is about, you know, because they're not doing the extra work. If you're doing the extra work and you want to, if you're considering, Hey, what is load management and how much can I get done here? That means you're pretty well, you've established that you want to do more. Mm -hmm. So you're going to, it's requiring more thought process, right? You can't just throw together some, you have to be regimented. You have to know what yes. you're doing. You have to, you know, this, it's a consistent process or you don't even get to be in one of those other categories. In my opinion, yeah. recreation, you're a recreational and recreation could be something that's super committed and training several days a week. 100%. That's, that's fine too. And, yeah. and that's, that's okay. But it's what we're talking about is when you're stacking all this other, other work load on, yep. you know, whether it's emotional load or physical, obviously. Yeah. But point is, is you have to kind of do some, uh, you know, some study of yourself and your wants and, and set a goal, at least 
maybe not even a goal, but a target. Where do you want to be? And then you can start understanding. I mean, that's how you get to the successfully get to these places. You know, there's there's a million memes about goal setting, and that's because it's yeah. it's meaningful. I mean, it happens yeah. in business. It's you put your mind to something and you can accomplish it. So you have to get that in your mind and understand what you want to do and go from there. Do you want to, and, and like you said, it's not static. Is it, is it in a stepped process? You know, maybe, maybe right now you're just saying, Hey, I want to do some more. I'm going to do a competition every two months. That's going to be more of a load. It's going to require more, yep. uh, more foresight into tournaments and thought process on your strategies. And it's going to take more training It's you know, I see some people out there, they're like, Hey, you're going to do this tournament, you know, it's big tournaments coming up and, or, or not even asking me, but I just know, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll know people that don't really do a lot of competitions. Then they'll go do like a big tournament or something. Mm -hmm. And that's okay too. But to me, it's like, you kind of got to give those big tournaments respect, yeah. in my opinion. You can't just jump off the couch and I'm a recreational person. I'm going to go sign up for Master Worlds. I mean, I yeah. guess you can, but take it serious. You know, if that's yeah. one of your goals, you know when that's going to be. You're going to have to up up your game. You're going to increase yeah. the load yeah. um, and do it in a smart way. You know, that's, whether, that's whether it's all jujitsu based load or you're doing strength, strength training or what also. Anytime competitions come up, people increase their load with cardio. I mean, I know mm -hmm. tons of people that do external cardio work when they yeah. start do, looking for a competition. Yeah. And that's so, a great way to do it. Yeah. So I'll jump into a little bit about, I'll start with the recreational athletes. How much do recreational athletes need to be doing off the mat? A couple days a week. Yeah. It needs to be enough strength training and or mobility work twice a week. The goal for re recreational athletes is nothing more than staying healthy and staying on the mats for the long term. Yeah. Their goal is the mats, is yeah. being on the mats and being um being and learning and staying um healthy while they're training. Um they're not so much focused on on competition or maybe it's some couple, you know, a couple small tournaments here and there. But by and large, these athletes are not so much focused on, yeah, you have so much other stuff going on, you know. So, so, uh, so is that a couple? Maybe these are people that may train two to four times, maybe even more in jujitsu. Right. It just, yep. so yeah, two two to four times. Um, so a, a recreational person can be training six days a week, two four two to four in jujitsu, a couple strength training. Maybe that's right. Maybe you're running a couple days. Yeah, it's, it doesn't mean the load is less. That's right. Yeah, that's right. It doesn't mean it's not hard training. The only yeah. thing that it needs to be the it's the it's the goal. It's the directive. It's the goal of what the athlete needs. Right. Um, if it's just to stay on the mats and do jujitsu, um, it doesn't mean that the training is not hard. It means that that's our goal. Right. You know, and, and the train the training is applicable to the end goal. The, yeah, that's right. The external right. training might not be some crazy stuff that you might do when you're competing, getting ready for pans. That's right. That's right. It's, it's something that's specific to your, your own journey, yeah. which is like you said, you know, I had a white belt tell me today, his goal is to, uh, you know, longevity. He wants to do this till he's like 60. I'm like, Hey, that's great. I mean, your, your journey is going to change over time, but that's a great outlook right yeah. away. You know? And, and he was saying it in terms of being smart, about his training and, and how much he's training and that type of yeah. thing. So, 
Yeah. So for that athlete, a couple extra accessory workouts, whether it's mobility or strength training, um, really will go a long way. Yeah. So, um, where things get really challenging and where I find the most amount of difficulty are with the amateur groups, the amateur, the amateur group, because it's hard to get them to dial. It's hard to tell somebody they need to pull back. Right. And when you have, when you're now, these athletes have the same stuff off the mat. They have the full-time job. They have all that other stuff that they have to handle that causes stress. Yeah. But now you've add on, it's not so much as staying healthy on the mats. Now we're adding in more than a handful of competitions a year that have to be factored into uh, what the person wants. This person's probably already doing some strength and conditioning work off of the mat. So now they're dedicating, you're doing four to six training sessions a week in jujitsu. You're yeah. adding, now you're layering on a pretty significant strength and conditioning. Now you're layering on the family and outside stress. And it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. And the, this is category of athlete is the one that is most commonly overtrained. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. We touched so, on it a little bit last week, but it's, it's like the recreational person, but Plus that added stress of the tournaments. That's right. That's like, right. People don't understand. Like that is a high stressor. It's even if you think you're the coolest cat in the world going into a tournament, it's something that you're thinking about that the rec- recreational person isn't. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it, it's, it's, it's so, a lot. It's so true. And I, I see it all the time and, and powered it more power to everyone that can do it, but to, to juggle all those things, the family, the job, the, you know, it's at least if you're a pro, you don't have to worry about some of the other stuff. Yeah. You don't exactly. have a nine to five you're going to, you know? Yeah, so. exactly. So with these athletes, um, the big, the, the big thing that is, um, that I work with or that I try to challenge these athletes with is it really is about dialing in their strength and conditioning. It's not, it's not so much going crazy. They probably are have a pretty serious strength and conditioning program. Um, but it, it's more about dialing it in to the, to where the person needs it the most. So if they did a competition they're like, man, I didn't have the gas tank. Well then boom, you, it needs their strength and conditioning program needs to be tailored specifically to a cardio, more of a cardio centered issue. If they're saying, well, I don't have, I didn't feel like I had power, like I couldn't explode then it needs to be towards geared towards power. Yeah. Um, it needs to be really specific and targeted or else this person, this type of athlete will overtrain themselves trying to do all of it. Yeah. Um, I just, so yeah. So that's exactly to your point because the pros, a lot of them will have that. They'll have yeah. that knowledge and they'll have that person like the BJJ physio on their team. That's yeah. Helping them understand that because not all of them, don't get me wrong, because there's still people, but that just shows the complexity of it and how much you can dial into specific needs in your training, in your tournament success, whether it's cardio, strength, power, technique, you know, you're going to get all these different things from different places. And, uh, 
that does make so much sense that, you know, and, and by the way, the amateur category is probably the biggest ones, obviously, in terms of competitions. I mean, Without most of the competitors you see, doubt. that's they're, they're people that work. Yeah. It's an amateur sport for the most part. Yeah. IBJJF is an amateur organization. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a lot. I mean, it, see, it sounds to me like you have a lot of potential customers and clients out there for your business. Unfortunately, that <laughs> yeah. is the case. You know, but I, it, I, it's really, it's really, you have to educate those people first on that. You can get down to that level of detail in your training to proceed and be smarter about it. Cause I I'm guilty of it as well. You know, yeah. I, I'm, I do my same workouts, you know, sometimes I'll switch it up from weeks to weeks or months to months, but the next level for me would to be getting into that very specific jujitsu dialed in, you know, the needs approach in, yeah. in terms of not just saying, Hey, I, I have a tournament coming up. I need more cardio, but really looking at your results from t- each tournament and really dialing it in and knowing what your needs are, analyzing what your training was in the last competition. How did you feel? What was the weight? If you cut weight, I mean, all these things, this is where it gets to where, and we both know amateurs that do this, and it is a lot of pressure to take all that on. Yeah. I mean, and we talked about it last week, and that's part of the reason why we don't, we haven't been competing, competing as much is because both of us, you know, behind the, off the mic, we tell each other, it's like, how are we going <laughs> to even find time? <laughs> you know, we're I both know. very busy, you know, and, and we have a lot of very busy friends that are competitors too. So it is a yeah. huge issue, you know? In, yeah, in terms it's, of- it's it's a huge issue in this category of athletes. You, this is where you see it, most of the injuries at. Yeah, um, and to no fault of their own, it's just there. A lot of people are trying to do too much, and I I harp on this a lot. Yeah, that the old there's still an old school way of thinking about. I guess to use the term load management. But how we as jujitsu athletes train, there is still this idea that grudge you just grind it out in the gym. Yeah. Just grind through it. Your body's busted. You just grind it out. And that's that's old school. That, that's old school. And it's yeah. not it, there's no science to support that way of there's training. Not? And no. Man. There's not. And it's really it's really sad to see because you see a lot of athletes that show up just feeling like on death's door by the time they get yeah. to, and they're, they're trusting their, they're trusting that type of training to potentially somebody that doesn't understand human physiology. It's not yeah. that they don't know jujitsu. It's that they don't understand that the body is only capable of so much. Yeah. Per a given person. And if they're trying to push somebody too far, they're not going to get good results simply because their body is in a, a bad yeah. physiological state. And it's not that the athlete doesn't want to perform well or do what the coach has said. It's that they can't. Yeah. I mean, you that's, know, it, that, that mentality is going away slowly, yeah, but surely just because of the amount of information that's out there. I mean, we're yeah. talking about it now. I mean, it's, it's a huge topic in terms of sports in general. Obviously sports have changed drastically in the last few decades in that regard, every yeah. sport, pick a sport. They used to just oh, shoot, guy, shoot guys. Up. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're probably doing that still, but 
shoot yeah. guys up with whatever it is, get back out there. You know, um, it was a huge in, in the strength training community for years. Even <laughs> when I was younger and lifting all the time, I'd get an injury or something. You just hear people, well, you just train through it. There's certain yeah. things you could just train through. And that was it. It was like certain things you can just train through, just train through it. It was so common for people to say that, you know, it's like, uh, I don't know about that. That's, that's not always the best decision. I mean, you have to understand what you're dealing with first, you know, and there's just so many resources out there now. That's what I'm saying. You know, if you want to place your, per you want to be in this amateur category and you want to, you know, the info's out there, make a plan, yeah. you know, be educated about it, understand what the needs are and whether you can meet those needs. Right. Yeah. You're sitting here telling us, you know, if you're, if you're competing six or more times a year, let's say, let's say you're even more, you know, you're, yeah. you're, you're in that amateur class, you're training a lot, you're doing strength on the outside or whatever you might be doing on the outside, you're competing a lot. If you're not in that category, well, can you, can you foresee yourself being in that category? I always try to explain that to people, even if it's a different, a new job or a promotion at your, at your work, whatever it is. Hey, I want to be the boss. I want to be the manager. Well, can you envision yourself in that position, what it's going to take to get there and what it's going to take to be successful? Mm -hmm. Can you meet those goals? You know, you have to really, yeah. some people don't, they go into opening a business or something with a blind eye. That's why a lot of businesses fail, to be honest, because yeah. you didn't think everything through. It's not going to be that easy. Like you have to really be realistic about those expectations, whether it's business, whether you own your own business, you're working in jobs, whether you want to climb the corporate ladder, you know, be careful what you ask for type of thing, yeah. because it's not just, Hey, I'm just going to think about, I'm just going to go do it. And if I have enough gumption to get out there and get that job out no you gotta like you know if you want to be in the class of a high com highly successful competitor you have to understand what it takes and you have to understand you have to evaluate whether or not you personally can make the commitment and the sacrifice to get there yeah so yeah and i think when it comes down to competition results i mean i have i have no this is a thought that i've gone through is you know, if you take a recreational athlete who, you know, he's just doing a handful of competitions, maybe two or three a year or something, who's optimally trained, who is, who's not dealing with a ton of injuries. And then you take somebody who is overtrained on and off the mats because of injuries. They're in that amateur category. You know, I, I don't know, man. I would probably take the recreational yeah. athlete any day of the week. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because simply for the, the fact that the person is consistently training yeah. and they show up and they're not like feeling like death. Mm -hmm. Um, so if I were to t say anything to the, if, if there's a listener out there who's like, I'm in that amateur category and they're trying to layer on strength and conditioning, I would look at a program I would ask yourself if it's doing, if it's too much, if you're feeling broken, which I've talked to a number of athletes just last week who were like, man, I just feel completely broken. Mm -hmm. I would look at it. I would say, um, is it specific and targeted to an area of need in your performance? And, you know, you don't, it doesn't need to be five days a week, three days a week can accomplish it. Yeah. You know? As another little tip that I give to people, it, it sucks. Um, you know, you can dial down the, the hard rolls 
to once a week where you only have one day of really hard sparring. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying you don't, people don't spar. I'm saying that the intensity can drop or you can take a day. If you're training three days a week, four days a week, one day of hard rolls, you could do, you know, you could do five minutes of Toriando passing and get a great cardio workout and work on some skills development and really mitigate the injury risk. Um, especially in a competition prep or a competition camp, yeah, you're still getting skills work, you're getting hard rolls, you're getting the looks that you need and you're, you're really taking the, the risk of destroying your body before yeah. the tournament, you're lessening, you're, re- you're lessening it. So yeah. ultimately you get a better performance on competition yeah. day. Yeah. It makes so much sense. Uh, you gotta be yeah. smarter. Right. It you is be smarter it is. about it. Whether it is smarter, not harder. You're, you're drilling or, you know, just do technical flow rolls, you know, I mean, d- ease up on the body breakdown because, and it's hard because you want to get out there and just, it's fun to roll hard. You know, it's, that's just yeah. what you do, but it goes back to, again, you have to be m- cognizant of what's going on in the big picture and you have to be dialed in and be willing to make the sacrifice in this, in this regard, it's, lessening the load and being aware of that and, yeah. and, and, and having the wherewithal to actually go into a training session on a certain day and say, I am not doing this, or I am only doing this because yeah. that, you can get caught up in the momentum as well. You get a train, yeah. a, a room full of savages training for a, a competition. It might not be ex- welcomed that you go in there and say hey i'm not hard rolling right now yeah i mean honestly think about it that that's oh for sure people are going to expect you to go hard and that is why this is a, a very this is a great topic because we're not all built the same you know you got the old standard school old school way i mean if we even mention this type of thing in certain gyms even now but much less 10 20 years ago you're not going to train light you're going to train light and not, you're not yeah. going to train hard before this tournament, you know? So it's not that you're not training hard. It's that you're not training hard a hundred percent every single time on the mat. You know, you got to be smart about it, break it up yeah. a little bit. Um, you can still get on the mat with your, your friends and stuff just as much, but you know, maybe if you're rolling five, six times, maybe not all of them are hard rolls. Take yeah. a couple flow, take a couple rounds off, take a couple flow ro- flow rolls, you know, do some technical work. Um, all of that is meaningful. And and it takes us, it takes your, your brain to, it you, takes discipline. Yeah. It takes discipline in your mind to come up with that and, and, and understand an understanding and a willingness to put yourself out there like that and really just take ownership of yourself. Yeah. This is my path. This is what I'm going to do. This is what, whether I've learned it from Google or, or Wes, the BJJ physio. Yeah. What it, whatever you do, you have to have the courage to, I'm saying your own personal courage and strength to say, Hey, this is what I'm committed to. I'm going to do it this way this time. And we're going to see how it, how it goes. The other times have been proven unsuccessful a thousands of times. Yep. Train until the wheels fall off. That's just not, I, I, you know how many competitors I know that are like this up and down, up and down, yep. up and down, up and down. Yep. Competing now, competing now, up, uh, down. I'm not competing for a few months. Competing, you know why? Because it's constant injury. It's constant emotional baggage and, and yep. wreckage from tournaments yep. and too much training and, and personal life. Like, it's a lot. 
That's what goes yeah. back. That's why it goes back to that recreational athlete. You know, they're like this. Yeah. You know, and they're on you, this nice, it, it, this nice, even path on a steady rise yeah. in skill and performance. It makes sense, you know? Um, yeah. But those expectations when you're competing, you, the expectation goes up, it goes up with your coaches, your training partners, your gym, you put all this pressure on yourself. I got to keep training. You really got to be smart about it, you know? And I will say, because I'm the elder statesman in this podcast, it makes even more of an impact when you get older. Mm -hmm. Like you literally have to think about these things. You can't, or you will not be training. Yeah. Look around you on the mats. There's a reason why there's not a lot of older people. Yep. <laughs> yep. You know, classify older as whatever you want, but put, put a category in your mind of 20 year olds, 30 year olds, 40 year olds, 50 year olds, mm -hmm. 60 year olds. How many people fall into those categories in your gym? I bet I know the answer. Yeah. It's hard as shit as you get older, you know, especially if you've been doing it your whole life. I mean, you're going to have a lot of wear and tear, you know, look at some of these guys that we know that are young in their twenties and their hands are mangled from gi work, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, it could be anything. So, yeah. You know, the, the thing that, um, I've trained in a lot of different gyms and when it comes to competition time, I have never seen a gym that um, has not done enough to be prepared for competition. Meaning every single person that shows up to that competition is, has trained hard for it. Yeah. You know, but you, and every, after every competition, there's always, there's always uh there's always somebody that's, man, I didn't have a gas tank. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't have this. I didn't do this. And it's like, man, you trained plenty hard from it. It's that more times than not, it's that the smarter, not harder yes. was not the approach that the person took. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it's, it's hard. I mean, I get it. I'm sitting here preaching from my chair in my office, right? But um. Yeah, it's not the same for everyone. So it's we're not, just yeah. speaking in general terms here, you know. Yeah. But there's there is an old school mentality of hey, you train your ass off, you're gonna be ready. You are gonna be yeah. ready. You're gonna your cardio is gonna be great because you got it great in the gym. I mean, that's that might be a fallacy right there. It's yeah. just not the same thing. You're not feel, dealing with the same thing at all. I mean, I know people with, you just mentioned it. I in my mind, I know people that have great cardio in the gym. And have kind of gassed out, or it wasn't a uh, their strong suit in the tournament. It, yeah. There's so many other factors, you know. That's just, yeah. That's why it's smarter, not harder. Is it's, it's perfect. I mean, it's yeah. a perfect summary of what we're talking about here, you know. And that's going to yeah. be different for everyone. That's the thing. It's going to be different for everyone. What smarter means versus harder. Yeah. Yeah, man. I. uh so and so to dive in, and I'll I'll go through the professional. So maybe there's some professional athletes that are listening to this too. But that's where things get. Um, uh, that's where strength and conditioning becomes a lot more segmented. So you have the your skills work, uh, and then the strength and conditioning becomes a lot more um, strength training and conditioning separated. Mm -hmm. um, so things really separate there. 
generally these athletes can handle a lot more load because they're constantly at that that level mm-hmm. um they're constantly they're pretty well adapted to higher load stuff and um they they're going to be they're going to be they have the opportunity to train more and that's they right. don't have those external pressures of a job or whatever you know yeah i mean that's what i see when i see people going to the pro level whether whatever sport their their job now is to manage all yes. of those different training aspects you know that's when it becomes serious that's now your job is to you don't really have an excuse anymore to say you should have the load management figured out yeah. or at least that should be your goal is to work with and that that's what you're seeing with especially MMA has, has shown yeah. this like there's no other sport that has shown this more look at mm-hmm. MMA 20 years ago completely oh, different trends completely now it's a very yeah, you know, the top guys, every single top guy has a top coach for every aspect of their training. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. that's what a professional, a tr- uh, not all pros, you know, there's lower level pros. We we're friends with pros that they don't have the opportunity to do that yet, but yeah. their understanding of it and they're doing it as good as they can in those situations Yeah, to, to, to focus individually on these different aspects and applying the right amount, the, the correct amount of time and effort in each one. Yeah. Absolutely. They, uh, you know, I saw this video today. It was like, it was like this, it was fairly recent. Um, but it was, there's two guys boxing and, um, it was clearly, there were clearly two echelons of boxing going on, but they were, I mean, they were, they were basically in a fight and one guy, the training partner knocked the other dude out and like kind of, kind of, kind of beat on him pretty good mm-hmm. um knocked him out wobbled him kept kept punching on him. and th- this is in the training room and i yeah. was like i was kind of i was kind of pissed about it i was yeah. like for your training partner what's the like point you, of that yeah like neither like that dude's not gonna have a good a long career in boxing at all with no. a training partner that cares about him as much as that guy tr- cared about him. Yeah. You know, I was, it was really, I was really sad about it. Cause it was like that dude's he's done now. Like yeah. he's he, like, he's off the, Hey, he's out of the ring for, um, however long it takes for him to rec- recover from his concussion. And yeah. Um, things get carried away, you know? Yeah. And the the thing about coaching, this is where I was going with that was the thing about coaching is it, you know, not only did that boxer get carried away, but the coaches let that go way too far. Oh yeah. And the coaches didn't care about either one of those guys either. Yeah. Um, and so going back or that's your opinion. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. (laughs) What What I mean by that is they might think they care about those guys, but that's just the way they've always done it. Yeah. That is what, like, uh, you know, Rogan's been, every time he has these MMA guests on now, he, uh, he's really been making a point to ask every one of them this exact question. How much do you spar? Because he's realizing over the, his course of career, which is many years in the UFC, the, the number of sparring has gone down drastically because these guys mm-hmm. are realizing exactly that. What are you gaining by knocking your buddy out? You know, just, is it ego in the gym? You know, I mean. That guy's, neither one of you are gaining anything from that, you know, 
so a lot of these guys now you you understand that they're i mean it's one after another these mma guys they're all lessening the amount of hard sparring i would say yeah and, and moving towards more of a focused you know they still spar don't get me wrong but especially like right before the fight they're not just beating the shit out of each other all week yeah long. and that is that a hundred percent happened a lot back in the old days yeah that was what it was the tough guy you know you toughen up you know last guy standing survives and goes on you know it's like but that same thing applies obviously it can apply across different sports um, and it applies to jujitsu it applies to jujitsu you know you don't want to train reckless and too hard when you're preparing yeah. for something that makes no sense yeah but we everyone does it you know it's like you got to train smarter you know especially yeah. if you're a pro you have to not especially but when you're when your livelihood relies on it yeah. that's why that's what's happening is these guys are realizing oh this is going to extend my career or mm-hmm. i'm not going to be as beat up how many how many mma fights have you seen canceled that used to happen like every month it was happening for a while like several years ago where a fight would get pulled because the guy got hurt guy was yeah. getting hurt every week like week leading up to the training it was to to the point where mma pundits and stuff were talking about it. it's like why are these guys training so hard right before the fight? Like to, to get hurt. Yeah. And and I think it's, I think guys are getting smarter and it's just more, it's an advanced sport. And if anything, people, jujitsu athletes can look to MMA. It's, it's one of the most popular sports in the world. It's grown tremendously. And now you have a lot of expertise in these areas and it can extend down to jujitsu, you know, and it can yeah. extend down all the way to whatever level you're training at here, you know. Yeah. Train accordingly. Train. Train smart. Because yeah. you take it a little light on a few rolls this week doesn't mean you're going to be a less of a less of a competitor next week. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't you're gonna mean be, that at all. You're going to be better. Yeah. yeah. I. It, you're going to be better off playing the long game. We talk about this a lot. The long game plan for longevity. Yeah. And if that means taking a round off or if it means taking a light, you know, having a lighter role. Um, it's, you know, and I, I say this all the time, injuries happen when we're fatigued, injuries happen when we're fatigued. And, you know, it's, if you need a, if you need a little bit of a rest, you need a little bit of a lighter round, take it. There's yeah. nothing wrong with it. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. I'm dealing it with is. that right now. I mean, you could look at me and say, Hey, I mean, I don't want to ask you what your opinion is because I don't want it. I don't want you to tell me not to train this week, <laughs> but, but you get the gist of it. You know, even if yeah. I'm not training for any competition, but I love jujitsu and I want to keep, I want to go roll and train. And so, but my knee's hurting. It's a little sore. So it's like, I'm towing, but I'm smart enough. I, I know yeah. I'm just listening to my body and I'm, I'm towing yeah. that line right now. I took a lot of time off last week. I'm feeling much better now. Yeah. But I also know I can't just go every day this week and train hard. Like, yeah. And, and I, I want to preface this, people that are listeners, when I'm, I'm speaking, when I talk about these things, it's my own experience, right? Yeah. I have to remind people, everyone's experience is different. Yeah. I have my own external pressures. I'm 46 years old. Compare your, whatever your age is. Age, age means something in jujitsu, whether you think so or not. And what it means is that you have to adjust your training. It's not, jujitsu is not one of these things, and most sports aren't, that you can just expand across and apply it to everyone. It's going to be the mm-hmm. same thing. You know, a guy, a 10 year veteran in the NFL is going to have different 
different concerns with his body and performance as someone that's just getting into the league. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the beauty and the benefit of being young and having a body that bounces back. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you're a listener, you got to, everything we talk about here, you got to apply it to your own journey and your own circumstance. Um, and just know that, and that's helpful when you're hearing two guys talk about it like us, because, you know, you, you kind of, you've, if you listen to enough of these, you probably know a little bit what we're about in our journey and you can kind of relay some of the topics, you know, or bounce those off of what your own experience is. For me, I'm, uh, you know, I just want to keep training, you know, I don't want to yeah. have weeks off at a time. I feel like I lose out on, on knowledge and momentum. And, um, I don't know if I'm, I know this is how you are too, because we talked about enough off the mic, but the more thought process and the more engaged you are in jujitsu, the better you're going to get and the mm -hmm. more you're going to learn. And even if you're a black belt, even if you're a black belt, do you think if you just sit on your laurels and you're not training, a lot of guys don't, I mean, there's black belts that get their black belt. And for whatever reason, maybe it's just because they've been in the game so long, they, they don't train as much. Yeah. That's not going to be the, you're, no matter your belt color, when you come back in, you're not going to be as sharp as when you left. I just want to be mm -hmm. sharp all the time. So yeah. for me, that's consistency. And as an older athlete, you have to manage these things and manage them in a smart way so that my line is more on an even plane versus one of these up deals, and down, you know? Yep. So it's a, it's, it's probably the number one thing that we could discuss here until the end. Yeah. The end of days. Tell the end of time. That's <laughs> yeah, exactly. right. That's right. You know, because jujitsu and, 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 and these types of issues with injuries and ups and downs emotionally and physically, they're intertwined. Yeah. You know, that's 100%. something we're just all having to deal with. So, yeah. Speaking of uh, training hard, do we want to introduce our guest? Yeah. He's a hard trainer, trains hard. He, when, you know, when he and I were, we were regular training partners for a little bit. And there was some times when, when we were trained together, one of us was going to be bleeding by the end of it. <laughs> oh man. Nick Flores, ladies and gentlemen, black belt, uh, an Aries jujitsu black belt. Yep. Nick's a local, local guy here. He falls into this, uh, he's in the amateur category, you know? He likes to compete. He he's a hustler. He I know he trains a lot of a lot of strength training outside the gym, yeah, especially in the last few last few years. He's really incorporated that. We'll talk to him a little bit about that. Um, he's a savage. He's one of these guys in the gym. He's just a straight savage. Yeah, like he's a killer. He probably has a lot of Instagram posts of him with blood on his face, and in the caption, someone says "savage." Like that's yeah. You know, when you train with them, you better be ready to go hard. So, yeah. Um, every gym's got those guys, and they're be a beautiful thing about jujitsu. And so, we want to get Nick's a friend of both of ours. Um, he's a long, a long time acquaintance of mine in the gym. I haven't, I trained with him a lot as a white belt. Um, come and right you guys when, came right, up together, huh? Yeah, right when we started, he was he was pretty far ahead of me, but he was uh, when I started. Brand new. He was a like a three stripe white belt, three stripe white belt, and he was a savage back then as a white belt. Not I mean not as skilled, but it was like, oh my god, this guy is like, yeah. Right away, you just know that's just his mentality. So we had, you know, 
for several months, I can't recall, we trained together, you know, daily. So he helped me a lot just with the very basic stuff, you know, just what you got to do to do this sport, you know, just, and he'll give it to you straight, you know? So, um, he was always a savage and I trained with him for a little bit. And then for many years, we, we remained at the same gym, but he was always in a different class than me. So we only really lip rolled a few times since then, you know, but he's really just always been a good friend of mine. And, um, he's been a great supporter of me personally and my business. So, um, we want to get him in here, talk to him about what he's, uh, you know, what his thoughts are and really jujitsu and becoming a black belt recently within the last yeah. year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he got promoted right after pans. I think that was in, what was the, that in October? In the fall. Yeah. So, um, it'll be great to talk to him about that. Um, he's got a lot of experience in, in competitions and also he has a ton of experience in juggling exactly what we talked about today. Yeah. He's, he's a successful guy in, in, um, in his industry. He works and travels a lot for his job mm -hmm. and he's pulling, you know, he's a beautiful family, a lot of success, just a great guy. And, um, he still manages to get out there and slay it in tournaments. So yeah, it's going to be good. It'll be a great first deck. First guess. We'll get his, uh, we'll get his, his thoughts and insights on some of these very things we talked about today. So, uh, Nick Flores, look him up online, but we'll introduce him next week and um, we'll go from there. I'm excited to have him on and I, I hope am. the listeners are too, because he's, he's got a lot of good, a lot of good insight on all the stuff we talk about here. So yeah, perfect. it's going to be exciting. Perfect first guest uh, for, for somebody that I've seen go from white to black. Um, I couldn't think of a better guy. So he's a great friend of both of ours. So guys, gals, look for that next week. Anything else, Wes? I got nothing. All right, buddy. You have a safe week, and um, I'll try to, you know, be smart about my training this week. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give an update next week. See you guys. All right. See you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Road to Black podcast. Once again, please support our sponsors, the BJJ Physio, Contact Wes, he'll hook you up with some customized programming for your game. Take it to the next level. Therapy, performance, the BJJ Physio. Also, Roll Union Jiu-Jitsu. Check out the latest styles, Jiu-Jitsu, casual wear, training gear. Check them out, RollUnion.com. Follow on Instagram, at RollUnion. Thanks again for listening, everyone, and we will see you next time.